Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. might just be able to catch yourself a Will Fuller. Welcome into Finsider Radio. My name is Jake Mendel. Joining me is Josh Houts. And programming note, we had every intention of labeling this episode, what on earth are the Dolphins going to do at wide receiver? But they answered that question for us. Welcome in, Joshua. Before we jump into the signing of Will Fuller, I need to ask you, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, man. And we got to say, it's a Fuller house here on this podcast. Nice. And I don't know if anybody ever watched that full house uh the what it was it the sequel to it but uh they got will fuller they got the receiver so i'm in pretty good mood how have you been jake i'm good i'm good you know what i I have to say this now that we're a week into it i'm really enjoying what the dolphins are doing in free agency uh this is going to be a fin slide where we're going to jump in quick and uh really run down a couple of our favorite uh signings you know especially try to to anyway right try to keep it quick that's the key here and then hopefully uh you know sunday monday somewhere around there we're going to try to do a state of the roster show where we can really highlight um all the guys who have been signed so josh here we go uh the miami dolphins obviously the biggest news uh will fuller a one-year deal worth $10 million with quote-unquote major upside. You know, you're used to hearing players have major upside. Now we got contracts with major upside. Uh, obviously with him, the biggest concern is is the injuries. He's never played a 16-game slate and hasn't played more than 11 games in each of the past four seasons. So, Josh, uh, where were you when this trade happened? I, I think I got a Schefter ping uh, on my phone with that notification to uh, let us know this was happening. And, and where were you? What were you doing? Yeah, I don't want to tell my life story, but there's this ramen place that's about 45 minutes from my house that we have not gone to in, you know, this since everything started. So we finally ordered. I was on my way there, and then all news broke. So uh, I guess I was the good luck charm. Once I left the house, something finally happened. But, I mean, you got to kind of love this move. And, you know, we really didn't talk about Will Fuller a lot. A lot of people didn't. You know, he was kind of that fourth guy in that tier of three that some people thought. But the, the whole reason because of that, like you said, was the injuries. I mean, when healthy – Will Fuller might have been the most explosive player on the on the open market, you know, and this might be the perfect fit for what the Dolphins want to do. You got to love the contract. I think it's, what, all guaranteed right away. He has some incentives that he can hit on. So, um, like you have right here, C.K. Parrott pointed out, this could be a two-year deal worth $27 million if they choose to use the franchise tag next year. So, if he if he walks like you have written down here, if he walks, they get a compensatory pick. But I, I love this move. And, again, we all were sitting there. I mean, I admittedly was posting gifts on Twitter Doom and gloom, I you mean, we all saw, you know, Dolphin fans were up in arms, but this was that playmaker that they needed, and now as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to completely change that Dolphins offense for the better. I really hope so, man. I really hope so. Um, not to toot my own horn here, but I'm you know, I'm just going to go ahead and toot my own horn here. Uh, I did say that signing Will Fuller to a team-friendly deal would uh, 
change the tone of this offseason. I said that four hours before the trade went down. So, I mean, uh, everyone has their 15 minutes of fame, I guess. I can, you know, tip a, yeah. put a feather I in my I think the only thing we one. mentioned, I think we also mentioned that if, uh, you know, they were going to bring in a Deshaun Watson, which we're not going to touch on that. If they were going to bring him in, this would be the perfect receiver. So maybe we did talk about it a little bit, but <laughs> I, I like this move. And again, Jake, I don't know how you feel, but. Um, if he can stay healthy, I mean, I, I looked at the player profiler and I think it's Roto Underworld that does that. And they they take all the metrics and things and they break it down. Guess who the player comparison was for for Will Fuller? I, I, saw, I saw you. Tweet <laughs> yeah, you and, did. And I got a hard chuckle. Was it Mike Wallace wearing an yeah. Eagles jersey? Was, what he was, was that? <laughs> yeah, that, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, he was wearing an Eagles jersey because I guess they were comping him to that. But I mean, I, someone mentioned, you know, doesn't kind of remind you of Mike Wallace. And someone said, you know, if Mike Wallace had hands, that might be who it is. So, um, again. That's a great, great segue. Last year, he did not drop a single ball, Josh. I think back to those two Jakeem Grant drops, and, and this is, I mean, that was kind of the, the big issue there, that Tua wasn't hitting guys deep. This offense really had to move uh, inches at a time, it seemed like. And, and for him to have eight touchdowns through 11 games and not drop a single ball on uh, 53 catches, I mean, that's that's what you call an elite stretch the field guy, and it's not a $60 million deal like we had to deal with with Mike Wallace. Yeah, and I mean, that's the biggest thing here. It doesn't strap him, and again, if he, if he plays well, they have options next season. You do have to sit here and talk about it. I mean, once DeAndre Hopkins left that Houston Texans offense, I mean, Will Fuller got kind of pushed into that number one, you know, quote-unquote role, and, you know, he played pretty well when he was healthy. This is a guy that can play on the inside, he can play on the outside, and I posted some videos, and I'm going to continue to do so throughout this day, but, I mean, the way he creates separation, and we know we keep hearing it, and we know it's so cliche to sit here and talk about, oh, Tua needs these receivers that can create separation. Well, now they got it. I mean, people are sitting here and picking apart Deshaun Watson's game because some of these balls are underthrown. You know, he has to adjust to them. <laughs> I think half the reason is because Will Fuller's creating so much separation and beating the DB so bad. I mean, Deshaun Watson, some of those, I'm going to be honest, he does kind of look like Chad Pennington with a noodle arm out there because Will Fuller's beating his DB so bad that he's sitting there just waiting for the ball to get to him. So um, it's just funny the way Dolphin fans are trying to spin this as a, a negative towards Deshaun Watson. But again, I can't sit here and say it enough. If he can stay healthy, and, you know, we can sit here and talk about Curtis Samuel, Juju, all these guys. But Juju just signed back. He went back to Pittsburgh. I think it was an $8 million mm -hmm. deal. Galladay's still out there. I mean, we can talk about all these guys on the market. But when it comes down to it, when healthy, you know, when you look at production, when you look at what his impact can be on this offense, Will Fuller was probably that guy from day one. I think what I really like about this, uh, too, is just the fact that he's very flexible, right? And now what the Dolphins can do, I mean, you can be happy with them taking a receiver in the top ten. You can be happy with them maybe taking a tight end at the top end to make that offense look really, really special. And, and two, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, Debo Samuel got a, a three-year deal. I think it was Juju for about $8 million. Um, It was hard. We were antsy. Everyone was. And, and to see this kind of come out, you, you get the idea of the vision because what the Dolphins really could have done is, you know, you have guys like Jakeem Grant you can cut. You have guys like Byron Jones that you can restructure the deal with to free up another $10 million in cap space. Odds are they're going to have to free up more cap space, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple minutes here. Uh, but they're focusing on now, and they're focusing on the fact, I think at least, that they have so many draft picks this year, and odds are they're going to build more next year, that they're focused on getting that depth in you know, free agency, where the draft, that's where you're hitting home runs. And I mean, the Noah Igbenogany pick is the perfect example. Same with the Raekwon Davis. These guys weren't drafted uh, because they're going to be consistent. Raekwon Davis wasn't starting at the beginning of the year. He had to work his way through the rotation. Uh, you know, the injury to Devon Godshaw uh, um, actually helped open up a lot of snaps, of course. Uh, 
But these are, are the risks the Dolphins are taking are these high-ceiling guys. I mean, obviously, they weren't expecting Noah Igbenogany to do much in 2020, especially when you give Byron Jones that huge contract. So I like the vision they're really developing here um, in terms of just roster construction. And, you know, next year, the cap space is going to balloon again. Uh, so what you could do is you bring back someone like Will Fuller. You could bring back a lot of these guys who signed a one-year deals. And guess what? There's going to be another class of free agents next year. So it's tough to want to mortgage the future to get these guys and have them here for a couple of years. But instead, I like this flexibility uh, and the opportunity to still, Josh, like we said from day one, be able to do whatever we want. They can make a trade. You want to move in the draft? They can do that. Some free agent that you never thought would be available becomes available. You can make a move for them. And in this case, what the Dolphins are doing with these guys, they're going to look for a year and see, hey, do they fit into our system? Do they uh, really mold with what we're doing here? And if not, you can you know, get get rid of them right away. You saw that with Kyle Van Noy. You saw that with Shaq Lawson. They, they can be as flexible as they want and discover the guys that are ideal for this team. Yeah, man. And I mean, it, it's, I might date me here, but it kind of reminds you when you want to get a video game, you know, instead of buying that game, you went to Blockbuster and rented it. I mean, you look at what the Dolphins are doing. Nice. They're bringing in these guys. You get to see how they fit, you know, how they work in that locker room with the rest of the team. And then, you know, then from there, like you said, next year, you can decide. I'm looking at our good pal, Eric Elizondo. He has here the Dolphins for agent signings. And I may as well list them off. Will Fuller got that $10 million deal. Jacoby Brissett, $5 million. We're going to talk about Adam Butler, Justin Coleman, Matt Skura, Malcolm Brown, and Michael Pilardi. So all these guys, I mean, it looks like they're getting, you know, very minimal deals. I think Adam Butler might be the only one that got that two-year deal. And that might be the perfect segue into Adam Butler, Jake, because I posted a meme that uh, my brother-in-law admittedly showed me from Instagram. And it was just from a South Park episode where they just continue to, you know, go back and forth. And you just don't know who's getting what. And it's just what the Dolphins continue to do. They continue to just pass these players back and forth. They got rid of Devon Godshall. The New England Patriots gave him a pretty nice contract. But I feel like they might have filled that void right away here with a guy who's familiar with the system. The the contract's two years, $7.5 million. Only $3.75 million of that is guaranteed. And I think, Jake, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he's going to fit right in there on that rotation on the defensive line and fill that void again that Devon Godshall left behind. Yeah, I guess the only question mark I have here, and, and Adam Butler seems like one of those guys that are very low risk, high reward. Uh, the Patriots could have kept him for roughly the same amount. Instead, they decided to pay Godshaw a little bit more, which I thought was a little interesting and, and noteworthy here. But Josh, uh, what Butler can do is, is he's really strong against the run. If, when I look at the Dolphins defense last year, I thought that was their biggest weakness, right? And I don't, you know, it wasn't the 2016-17 Dolphins where they were just giving up rushing yards left and right. Uh, but they haven't had a stout uh, run defense since Paul Soliai, Randy Starks. Those guys were clogging up the middle. So I was really excited about that. And then, you know, you keep, you know, gazing your eyes across the, the line there. And you see he had four sacks last year in 15 games. He had six in 2019. So he can do a little bit of everything and get in on that rotation and do what Brian Flores wants and provide that unpredictability that they have had on that defense for the last two years. You don't know which guy's coming at you. You don't know which guys are dropping into coverage. You don't know if Christian Wilkins is going to capture another interception. And and that's kind of interesting to see how he's going to use these guys, uh, seeing how they're so flexible. Josh, what I see here is that Butler, he obviously, again, we talk about the comp picks a lot. He could be a great one of those. Uh, but at 26 years old, and that's worth noting too, that most of these guys the Dolphins are signing, they're just getting out of their rookie deals. They're just about to get into their prime, which is a nice little bonus, especially to have them on those one-year deals. I believe that Butler could be one of those guys that the team signs like an extension to three years into the season. I think they did it with Eric Rowe. I think they, they did it with a safety a couple years ago. But I don't know why, but Butler's really giving me that vibe for some reason. 
Yeah, and you, you know, you almost want to sit here and say how many of these guys could potentially do that. You know, we're going to talk about the center here in a second. We know the Dolphins, you know, decided to go a different route there. But if they brought him in here, Matt Skura, again, another low-risk high reward. If he goes out there and he plays above expectations, he could be that center, you know, to play another year or two to help transition to a Creed Humphrey or a Quinn Miners, sort of the Dolphins seem to go. But, I mean, uh, you know, you can say the same thing about Justin Coleman. I mean, I'm just sitting here rambling, but the Dolphins have a lot of options, and it just goes back to what they do. You know, we sit here and we continue to see it. They can never have enough in offensive linemen, and it doesn't seem like they can ever have enough defensive linemen and defensive backs, and that's what the Dolphins did. Again, I love this move because he does fit in the system. Um, perfect rotational player here. I'm going to list over his stats real quick. He appeared in uh, 63 games, started in 12 of them with the Patriots. 15 total sacks. Again, this is a guy who's only had uh, 96 total tackles in his career, 22 quarterback hits. So this is a guy, again, rotational, but I think Devon Godshaw, I mean, I, I don't know what, what uh, Bill Belichick saw on Devon Godshaw. I mean, I love Devon Godshaw, but I mean, from the little bit of tape that I saw on Butler, from the, you know, the little bit that we've seen recently from Devon Godshaw, I don't know what, you know, Bill Belichick was doing there, but we've seen it over the last few years or the last decade. You know, you can never question Bill Belichick. So I like this move again, low risk, high reward. And that should be the transition into our center, Jacob. What are your thoughts on Matt Skura? I mean, this is a guy who I woke up from a nap, and, and right there I saw that um, they signed him instead of, you know, maybe bringing back Carras or Andrews. So give me your thoughts on the new center from Baltimore. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Uh, he obviously, the, the one thing that stuck out is his pro football focus grades were horrendous. He was near the bottom of the league in, in just about everything. Uh, he got benched because he had snapping issues. Uh, and it's really a fresh start type of move that the Miami Dolphins are making here. Maybe he just needs to start again, go somewhere else, play uh, with a new team, and forget about the past a little bit. And, and that's what the Dolphins are hoping here. What I think is more important here, because... Um, I don't know how much he's really going to see the field. He might even just be a depth signing because NFL Network's Mike Garofolo reported that the Dolphins were in on David Andrews despite adding Skura earlier in the day. Uh, in the end, uh, Andrews decided to return to the Patriots, who also signed Ted Karras. So I find that to be so interesting uh, for two reasons. One, that the Dolphins aren't done um, not only adding to the offensive line, but they are expecting to use money to sign maybe one more big player, it even looks like, in a sense. If you see that, uh, I don't know if David Andrews, his, his numbers on his contract came out, but I have to assume a four-year deal, he's going to get paid decently well in order to return to New England. Um, the Dolphins currently sit at about $12 million uh, in cap space. They need almost all of that for their draft class coming in. Then you have to sign a... Uh, practice squad and then you got to make a couple moves during the season so the Dolphins are really walking a fine line and they can even take it a step further and say there's no doubt in my mind that they need to open up more cap space to be able to make all that happen so with them only having 12 mil and still going after David Andrews Josh I think the Dolphins are going to add one more big player and I kind of mentioned it on Twitter last night and instead of Focusing on the offensive line, maybe center becomes something they go after uh, more aggressively in the draft. I think we've both said a couple times that we're perfectly okay with that, and it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, but 
defensive end is the looming issue that the Dolphins have here, Josh. And the one player who's been linked to them multiple times is Jadavion Clowney. And the more I say that, the more it kind of makes sense for what the Dolphins are trying to do here. Yeah, real quick before we jump into Jadavian Clown, I just want to throw out some stats here um, because Shady P sixty nine on Twitter actually reached out when I made a joke about um, you know Skura not being that good of a center, kind of the offensive line taking a step back. He posted from Sports Info Solutions out of six hundred and thirty eight total snaps in two thousand twenty, uh, Matt Skura committed three penalties, one holding, two false starts, and allowed zero sacks on three hundred and twenty seven pass blocks. He then posted pictures from ESPN that had uh, top ten centers and Matt Skura rated fourth with a 96% as the highest pass block win percentage among centers and then as the highest run block win percentage among centers he finished in the top 10 with 72% so uh, I know those are a lot of numbers I know it's hard to you know understand without seeing it we can post a uh, these pictures in the podcast or in the article for the podcast but I mean we all sit there and we continue to say you know you can't take PFF for gospel you can't take these stats as gospel but um, you know maybe we are getting a player that could potentially, you know, fill that role there at center again to transition to a, a younger player that they get in the draft. As for Jadavian Clowney, I mean, every time someone brings him up, I just get excited because we all remember the Pro Football uh, Network report that he was maybe going to be involved in that Laramie Tunsil trade. We know he turned the Dolphins down. I think he later turned the Dolphins down again, reportedly. So um, I don't know if Jadavian Clowney will be the right fit for that locker room. I don't even know if the Dolphins will go after him, you know, after being, you know, uh, turned down twice. But I think, again, for what the Dolphins need, you know, they lost Shaq Lawson for what they needed as far as in Brian Flores system Jadavian Clowney fits that to a T he's not going to get you those sacks on paper that a lot of you know fans like to look at and I mean I see people saying that Jadavian Clowney's washed I mean this guy's 28 years old I mean we all remember how he is I mean this guy maybe he just needs to put it all together maybe you need to give him a a, you know a two three year deal to kind of please him but I think again what he can bring to that defense he'd be the perfect fit so Jake every time you or someone else says Jadavian Clowney I get a big old smile on my face and you know I kind of look like a clown. (laughs) <laughs> I like that quite a bit. Yeah, and, and he's, again, another run-stopping guy. The biggest issue the Miami Dolphins had last year. And, of course, he, big dude, he's going to take up double teams, and that just kind of helps the rest of the defensive line. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really strange that a lot of people were saying he was garbage, he was trash, and that I, I know there's a little bit of drama added when you're posting on Twitter compared to, you know, actually talking about a player. But I still thought that was a little crazy. And, um to put this all into perspective a little bit, I hate John Kronz on, on Twitter. He tweeted at me saying, if we leave this free agent period by basically retaining the same team but upgrading Landon Roberts to McKinney, Shaq Lawson to Clowney, and adding Will Fuller, I mean, he said he can't be mad, and, and I think I'd have to agree that's a pretty strong offseason without you know mortgaging the future away. It really is, and again, you just it's a testament to what the Dolphins are building, and it's just so nice to not be the same old Dolphins. And I know after those first three days, you know, we all were a little bit panicky. We all were ready to hit that, you know, break in case of emergency glass, but we didn't have to do that. So um, I'm with him, man. You have to like what the Dolphins did. Will it translate to wins? That's the million-dollar question. We can only hope. I mean, they only need, what, two more, let's say, to make the playoffs. If they continue Brian Flores' trajectory, the team is going to go 14-2 and two next year. Add another four wins after going 6-10. and 10, You go 10-6. Just... and six. I just hate it because every time I bring this up, like I just keep continuing and maybe it's just a Dolphins fan in me that I just think that this team's going to be better on paper, look better on the field, but you know, maybe you only win nine games and still miss the playoffs. And then, You're you right know, then, then different questions come out. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to speak that into existence, but that's just how I feel. Like that's just my gut talking right there. 
There are a couple other defensive ends on the market too, and that might be what the Dolphins are trying to do is wait for one or a couple to sign where they can we get mentioned the Ingram, right? We Ingram, Melvin Ingram. Yep, Carlos Dunlap's another one. I think just Houston, a little bit older, of course, but I think he's another guy who I think could help out there. So there are guys available at defensive end and, and maybe another offensive line, and those just seem to be the two that the Dolphins are focusing on as we start to creep closer to the draft. Josh. I'm going to cut us off there. I think we really tackled the three main topics we wanted to do today. Um, free agency, like I said, man, this has been exciting because it's just enough news every day to keep me interested. It's, I'm not getting it all thrown at me at once. You know, I think it was Mike Wallace, Philip Wheeler, and Denal Ellerby. All were announced within, you know, I want to say 20 minutes of free agency beginning, something along those lines. I'm enjoying this process more. It gives us more time to talk about it. It gives us more time to complain about it even. It does, and one thing I want to say before we get off the air, uh, Jason Sarney of uh, Finns Maniacs, he said, at the exact moment, the Miami Dolphins, and this was 18 hours ago, he said, at that exact moment, the Miami Dolphins are the only team in the entire NFL to not have a single player currently contracted on their roster as age 30 or over. The only one. So you can see the way Brian Flores is building this. Jake, before we get off, though, i got to ask you this million-dollar question because it's, I keep seeing it on Twitter. Will Fuller wears number 15, Lynn Bowden wears number 15, and Albert Wilson wears number 15. We're going to have a triple threat steel cage match, Jake. you got to tell me who's going to be the winner and, you know, which one of those guys ultimately gets a number 15. Oh, I, I think I think it's got to be Will Fuller. I think it, he just is making the You could just go with he's making the most money. I think he's had the best career out of the three. I guess that's not really fair uh, after Albert Wilson didn't play last year and Lynn Bowden's entering his second year. But, I mean, I think that's just kind of how the chopping block goes. But I think it's Bowden's at the moment till he kind of gives it up. Till, till they pry it off his dead body. And I don't think he's, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to let him do that. But uh, Isaiah Ford's 84 is out there. There's plenty of other options. But, um, guys, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us a five for any star review. If you like what I'm talking about, follow me on Twitter at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. Please follow my co-host. He's the greatest co-host in the world. He puts up these awesome rundowns. We will have an article on the website later today, if not tomorrow. Follow him on Twitter at J-M-E-N-D-E-L 94. Thank you so much for listening, guys, to the Finn Cider Radio Podcast, the Jake and Josh Show, part of the SB Nation Network. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami.